You're listening to Healthy Living with Eric Sue podcast, episode number 25. It's another excellent day. Welcome to Healthy Living with Eric Sue podcast, the one podcast that everyone agrees and says has the best fitness, nutrition, and healthy lifestyle advice in the world. And now, your host, Eric Sue. Hey guys, Eric Sue here. Welcome to another episode of Healthy Living with Eric Sue. Today I have a special guest. His name is Ron Moonves, and we're going to talk about youth sports, the importance of fitness and conditioning with kids. It's really fan- fascinating, and I know you will be inspired from this conversation. So without any delay, let me introduce you all to Ron Moonves. So, Ron, are you there? Yes, I am, Eric. Awesome. It's good to hear your voice. Um, let's get started with how you got started with fitness training with youth, and why are you so passionate about it? Well, I got started uh, actually ages ago. I have a degree in uh, physical education, kinesiology, and I taught and coached high school, uh, God, a long time ago, uh, and I was a football and track coach. And then about maybe 15 years ago, I started my own uh, performance training and personal training business. And a lot of the focus that I do is working with kids. Uh, I'm within a baseball facility, so there's a lot of kids that come through. And what I try to do is make these kids better athletes, and then even more important than that, with all these parents putting in the monetary investment and the time, you don't want these kids to get injured. Uh, kids grow up a lot differently than we did. They don't free play everything is structured so you have kids that come in there and they might be swinging a baseball bat but they their body's not ready to do all that or they're pitching a baseball and they're doing it too much and they don't have the strength in their body or the stability to do it and a lot of them get injured i'm seeing kids at 12 and 13 years old having shoulder problems elbow problems that 10 15 years ago never existed uh and i'm really passionate about this that this shouldn't happen to kids. They should have fun. They should be able to play baseball into high school and not have to worry about an injury they got when they were 12 years old uh, because their bodies just weren't ready to do this. So that's kind of what we do. We try to develop a better athlete, but more than anything else, we try to really reduce any type of injuries or help these kids prevent from being injured. So that's, that's kind of it in a nutshell right there. Awesome, awesome. I'm pretty sure we'll get into it a little bit more. Um, so our audience can learn a little bit more about who you are, Ron, and, and uh, we spoke a little bit earlier about this. Uh, what's one cool or unique fact about yourself? Uh, l- let our audience learn a little bit more about who you are. Okay, well, probably one of the most unique facts about me is uh, I played Division One football at 5 feet 7 inches, 165 pounds uh, at the University of Arizona. Wow. So that, that's that cool. uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's probably one of the most unique things about me. And uh, it, it was, I just had a gift to be able to run really fast, which probably uh, helped me get that far playing, uh, playing football. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I'm, I'm sure all of your friends and whatnot were very impressed with that. <laughs> yeah. My wife gets sick hearing it when we bump into people. So <laughs> kind of mention my past, which I don't really talk about a whole bunch. <laughs> sure, no problem, no problem. So um, let's get into this youth sports and the importance of fitness and conditioning. Uh, I, you know, personally, I, I've seen it also, and uh, I, I may not be as passionate about it, but I'm aware of it. Um, how would you describe what you do 
uh, with these kids, though? So what I do is when I have a, a parent come to me saying, well, most of them will come and say, I, I need my kid to get faster. That's like the number one thing. I might hear a parent or two uh, say, I, I need them to get stronger. Um, so what we will do is we'll do a quick screening of them. What we'll do is I, we, I, if I'm working with, say, a college athlete or something, we'll do a total functional movement screen. Uh, when I work with kids, I, I don't go that in-depth to it. I just want to see if they can squat properly, how much upper body strength they have. So I'll see if they can do some push-ups. I'll see if they can squat properly. Uh, and once I'll do that, I'll do an assessment to see what their vertical jump is, what their horizontal jump is, and then I'll just see how fast they can run 10 yards, which is acceleration, and I'll also observe to see how they run. Uh, the other thing I'll do is I'll ask them to skip for me, uh, which is really important because that's you know coordination and motor control and see if these kids know how to skip. If they can't skip, they're not going to be able to run real good at all, and you'd be shocked. How many kids come to me and they don't know how to skip? Hmm. And the parents will tell me they're on a travel baseball team or this or that, and they can't skip. And it's like, oh, my God, this is, I'm like shocked. Uh, how can they be playing, quote, an elite level on a travel team and they don't have the motor skills to do something? Uh, so that's the assessment that we do. Once I do that, we try to work on a whole scope of things. We'll work on, on movement skills. Uh, getting these kids to really move their legs properly, how to skip properly, actually march. We'll start with a march, mm. and after a march, we'll take it into a skip, and then we'll kind of watch them run and try to improve that. Uh, kids just don't free play anymore, and if they don't do that and everything is structured, you think about it, no knock against baseball. I love baseball, but if a kid's playing baseball and he's put in right field, what's he going to do? 90% of the time, he's just going to be standing there. And then he's going to come up to bat every now and then and then go back out into the field. So there's not a whole bunch of movement going on. There's not a whole bunch of physical activity going on or anything else. So when a kid will come to me, I, we will definitely get them moving. Movement is the most important thing. Uh, and the other thing we try to do is work on their stability and their flexibility. Uh, once we do that, we go into movement skills. Depending on the age of the kid and what they're looking for, we'll end up with some strength. And it's usually body weight stuff or using a TRX. It's a very safe, non-intimidating uh, way of starting to get a kid on a strength program. Uh, there's a big difference between weightlifting and strength. Uh, even with high school kids that I work with, I used to be the strength coach at Wayne Tech uh, in Chicago with their football team for six years. And for the first four weeks of off-season or uh, off-season strength program, we would just do body weight stuff to get them to move properly before we would load them up with weights. Makes sense. Makes sense. So that's what we that's that's what we do here. Cool. And, and now, uh, what um, age do you usually uh, see at your facility? I'll start with kids unless some parent really wants me to work with their kid and their kid is focused. The youngest I'll start with is is nine years old. Uh, you can have some nine-year-old kids that are a lot more focused than 11 or 12-year-old. But nine years old is probably the youngest, and that's a real good age to start working with a kid because they absorb really well. And a lot of the movement skills that we can do with them will stay with them. It's almost like learning a musical instrument or a foreign language when you're younger. It's a lot easier than when you're older. So we can in, you know, ingrain these motor patterns with them or movement patterns with them at a younger age that it's going to carry on for 
a longer time with them. Uh, one of the things we talk about is when working with kids is long-term, uh, long-term athletic development. Mm. Uh, so these kids will be able to do stuff when they get into their teens, their twenties, their thirties. Uh, so it's not about coming to me and gee, I, I'm not going to teach a kid how to hit a baseball or pitch a baseball or kick a soccer ball. But what we'll do is we'll get your body ready to move properly that you'll be able to do these skills a lot better and definitely reduce the risk of injury. Right, right. Would you say, uh, so, Ron, uh, not to cut you off, would you say you see more boys, girls, a good mix? I, I have a good mix. Uh, most of the girls that come to me are a little bit older than the boys. Uh, they're definitely easier to deal with because they definitely want to get better. Uh, and they're really in tune, at least the parents are, and I think the girls are too, with how girls can get injured, especially ACL tears uh, in sports than boys can. So when I have a, a girls coming, and usually they're soccer or volleyball players, we work on a lot of what we call ACL injury prevention stuff, which in, in turn, a good program movement skills and strength is going to have ACL injury prevention in it anyway. So we do a lot of single leg bounding, a lot of single leg landing, because that's what the girls really need to do. They don't play like boys, so they're not doing deceleration really quick or learning to land from a jump. So we have to go over that stuff a lot more. But mm -hmm. it, it's a good mix. I'd say I'm close to 50-50. Gotcha, gotcha. And I, I think you said this earlier, but for the most part, your goal with a lot of these kids uh, include agility, mobility, flexibility, and all of that accumulates into injury prevention. Is that what you said? Yes, all that will pretty much funnel into what you'd call injury prevention. Cool, cool. If you're stronger, if you're more stable, if you have more flexibility and mobility, your chances of injuring yourself get reduced. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, I know you went into it, but as far as your overall philosophy about health and wellness, could you go into that a little bit and describe to our audience uh, what's your unique approach? My unique approach for health and wellness is where you're going to get out, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. Uh, you know, if I'm working with adults that want to lose weight, you know, the first thing I'll tell them is you can see me eight days in the week. If you don't change what you're eating, you're not going to lose weight. The bottom line. And even with kids, because the obesity problem with kids is really out there now too, is parents got to watch what they're feeding their kids. I mean, you still got to let them eat like kids. But you still have to be careful and, and watch what they're consuming and how much they're consuming. So when I look at my overall philosophy, it's, you know, nutrition is part of it. Movement is part of it. How we move and that within movement, uh, then we have the strength portion of it. And it's not only how strong you are, but how stable you are, you know, how mobile mobility goes back into movement. And the other thing is just what your lifestyle is. You got to be active. You got to, you know, move around. You can't just say, I'm just going to play baseball. And, you know, I see nine year old kids that just want to specialize in baseball at nine years old. For kids, you can't do that. Adults, it's the same way. You have to be active and do whatever you can that you enjoy. Even if it's going for a walk, uh, instead of sitting in front of that computer when you get home, you know, you, you do something. You have to move. That is the key. Just move, move, move. I know they have the Fitbits and everything else out there that people got their 10,000 steps in, which I think has helped a lot. But uh, so my philosophy is get out there. You want to move. You want to really watch 
your nutrition. You got to just eat sensibly and, and almost say common sense. Know what's good for you. Know what's not good for you. And if you like a few things that aren't good for you, but you still crave them, don't ever deprive it from yourself. Just be careful about it. Uh, I would never tell somebody never eat ice cream again because <laughs> then they're going to want it even more. Yeah. Um, just real quick, I'm curious to know if you have a special touch. In other words, you get these kids who uh, are on one hand super fitness motivated, and then you just mentioned the nutritional side of things. I'm just curious to know, Ron, what, what do you have a special touch on helping parents with their kids on the nutritional side? Yeah, what I'll do, I'm certified through Precision Nutrition, and uh, their main thing there is not, gee, let's count calories or let's eat this or let that. It's all about changing habits. So if I tell parents, if you can change one habit at a time, you know, in over a five-week period, you've changed those five habits, one a week, and if you can't do one a week, one every other week, maybe even it might even take five months to change five habits, you, you've accomplished a great goal there, that once you've changed that stuff, hopefully you're not, you've changed a life, you made a lifestyle change, um, then things will start going your way. You know, you'll start getting the results that you want. Right. For, for, and real quick, for those who are not familiar with Precision Nutrition, can you give a quick 30-second overview what that is? Yeah, Preci yeah Precision Nutrition is, it was started by Dr. Uh, Dr. Uh, John Bernardi. And how it works is it's changing a mindset. It's really not about, gee, i got to have so many calories a day and so much has to be carbohydrates and so much has to be this and it has to be that. It's strictly about the main thing is changing habits and motivating yourself and making yourself accountable to the goals you want to reach. Gotcha, gotcha. So that's and, pretty much in a, in a nutshell. Gotcha. And um, is there anything entailed to it other than that in, in terms of uh, – Specific uh, eating uh, foods, you know how there are certain diets out there. It's not really a diet, right? No, it's not a new, it's not a diet at all. Because through precision nutrition, you might actually get somebody to come into you that wants to gain weight. You know, so it's it's not strictly about weight loss. Uh, it's things to do that are going to make you, you know, reach whatever your goals might be. A lot of it too, with precision nutrition deals with dealing with athletes. You know, on the more elite level on what they need to do to eat before a workout, after a workout. So pre-workout, post-workout, uh, in between meals, you know, what you want to eat and everything else. So it gets into a lot of that also. Great, great, great. Um, there's one thing that I was curious to know about, which was, can you describe your facility, what people could expect when they walk in? Sure. We're, uh, but we have about 2,000 square feet, uh, we have some unique stuff. We have one area that's very private, so nobody will see you. People are very sometimes self-conscious about working out in front of other people. So we have an area of about a 1,000 square feet that we have some equipment in here, and we have some unique stuff that you're not going to find in a lot of places. Uh, we're a big believer in power plate. We have a few power plates. The strength equipment we have is Kaiser. It works on air pneumatics, so it's really good for developing power. So you're moving, the, you take the inertia out of the equation when you're lifting something or moving it because you can move it at a very fast speed and your resistance stays constant. And that's great for developing power. And it's actually really safe to work with young kids even. So we can work it with kids to actually any seniors we have too that uh, might come in. It's, it's very safe. 
we have some unique speed treadmills here. We have the Woodway Curve, which does not have a motor in it, and we use that for what we call absolute speed development to see how fast you can run. And then we also have a Woodway Force, which is another non-motorized treadmill, uh, and we can adjust the resistance on how hard you have to push down into the tread to get the treads on the treadmill to move, and we'll use that for acceleration. Uh, we can also use that for power. Um, you can simulate as if you're pushing a car. So we, we have that right there. Uh, and then we have the typical stuff. We have the medicine balls. We have TRX. Uh, we use vipers, stability balls, mini bands, uh, ropes. So any anything that you needed to get yourself fit, uh, we have it here. Gotcha. And then we have another uh, area that's a bit more open that we can do med ball tosses into walls to work on rotational power uh, and plyometrics. And then at certain times of the day, we also have about 5,000 square feet of just open turf area available to us that, you know, we can work on speed, agility, uh, and quickness. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I'll, I'm assuming a lot of these pieces of equipment that you brought in were designed specifically uh, for athletes, but um, general uh, recreation people as well? Or in other words, who would be great clients for you? How would you describe that person? Oh, well, just about, that was a great question you had, Eric. Uh, just a, a quick uh, background. My facility is pretty much based on uh, what athletes' performance, actually they're now called EXOS, has. Uh, my whole educational background later on in, in life, I should say, when I pretty much changed my whole philosophy on strength and conditioning, uh, was through the uh, education programs I went through at EXOS. Actually, I'm only one of, I think, about 40 trainers worldwide to do all four of their uh, mentorship programs. So the stuff I have is definitely geared for athletes, but on the flip side, you, the general population can use it with no problem at all. Uh, all you do is kind of just tone down or kind of turn the volume down, as I say, on some of the exercises that you do, and a general population can use the equipment just as easy and probably get great results from it. I know they do. Uh, because I'll put a lot of my general population will use all the same equipment that my athletes do. Okay. All right. So um, you had, I think you said earlier you see kids from age nine uh, at the youngest. And then uh, what's your sweet spot, would you say? Pardon? What's your sweet spot for uh, age range that you probably – My uh, sweet spot for age range is probably – from uh, 12 to 15 years old is probably the sweet spot uh, for it. Uh, I do work in the summer. I get a lot of high school kids in uh, most, and some college guys. Uh, most pro athletes don't hang out in Chicago in the off season. Right. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that that's the sweet spot uh, that that I have as far as you know the youth fitness. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, that's the. Uh, Yes, and, you know, I'll do have, yeah, at times I'll get a group of high school kids, a lot of them. But what happens with high school kids is their high school coaches want them to be on the programs that they have at their own school. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm assuming that, that you probably get a lot of the parents seeing these amazing results with their kids. Would you help these parents out too? Oh, yeah, if a parent wanted to train, that's no problem. I mean, and I do, I had one... Uh, Mom working out with uh, her son, which was 
pr- pretty cool. She was a pretty competitive person, and uh, yeah, they did stuff together, which actually makes it fun. I kind of encourage that. Either that the you know one of the parents works out with the kid, or that the kid has somebody else working out with them. Uh, one of the things that we do here is either one on one or we'll call semi private, two or three other people in the in the uh, in the workout program. I kind of like it when kids have somebody else working out with them because it kind of helps push the kid. You know, each kid yeah. can kind of work off the other one. Like if we're doing you know some speed work on the curved treadmill. And the kid might hit 12.2 miles an hour, and the other kid comes on. Well, boy, he might try to do as good as the other kid did, uh, and it helps push him. Uh, so I have kids both coming, you know, private, just one-on-ones, and in small groups or semi-private. Cool, cool, cool. Um, getting towards kind of the end, these shows go so fast. Um, I know you're so um, knowledgeable and full of um, wisdom here. What's three fitness tips that you could – share with our audience for optimal health and wellness okay well the first one is if we want to go to optimal health and wellness is one you have to have the fitness tip is eat properly or eat as good as you can don't just put junk in you because as i said before the world's greatest exercise program will never overtake a bad diet the next fitness tip i would give you is definitely do some type of movement-based strength Meaning, don't just lie on a bench and do bench press like most guys do. Try to do something where you might be in a split stance position and you can do a upper body press. Uh, so strengthening your body is removing it. That's probably one of the best things I can tell you. The last thing is get a lot of rest. People don't sleep enough. Uh, you're, you have to recover. Uh, and if you can recover, if you can move good, and you're eating good, you're going to see a lot of success. I don't care if you're just playing sports or, in, you know, Mark Verstegen says, or just in the game of life. <laughs> Very good. I totally believe in all three of those. Uh, and I'm assuming that you would put in, if you had a fourth, hydration, making sure that uh, you get your body. Yeah, I would put, hi- yeah, definitely hydrate uh, any way you can. Uh, hopefully with just water. Uh, but yeah, you got it. And that kind of might fall into the nutrition aspect or the recovery, either one. But uh yeah, you have to throw that. You, you have to do that stuff. Um, and if you're going to do strength stuff, you got to look at the weight. One of the philosophies we have here is not, gee, I'm going to work on my biceps or I'm going to do chest today. It's we work on movement. The body pretty much moves four, five ways. You, you, know, you have an upper body push. You have an upper body pull. And you can do that vertical or horizontal. And then you have knee dominant exercises such as a squat. And then you have hip dominant exercises to work the backside of your body, the hamstrings and the glutes. And then you can do rotational work. So if you put that all in there and move in different planes of motion, don't look, well, you know, as I just said before, don't look at body parts, look at the way you move. And if you train that way, you're going to see that you're going to have better results on the field, off the field. I don't care if it's in a sports game or in the game of life. Uh, You're going to wind up having better results and feel better. And reduce your chances of injuring yourself. Absolutely. You know, um, I, I, this came to mind earlier, and I forgot to ask, which was, would you be able to share uh, just one success story that came out of your uh, guidance in training? Uh, yeah, I can train. One of them is I had a client came to see me. He weighed 302 pounds. Came to me in August, uh, a few years ago in August. He's 36 years old. Both of his parents died young. He was a single guy. He liked to party and go out and have drinks. And 
you know, I said, I said, I didn't tell him you can't drink anymore, but I said, figure out having something that has less calories in it. If you're going to still go out and have this social lifestyle. And he, <laughs> it's kind of a funny story. He switched from beer and Jägermeister to vodka and soda. Hmm. And he started making smart choices on his meal. If he had a hamburger, he'd take the top part of the bun off. He'd get veggies instead of French fries. And he did cut back on his sweets. And he saw me twice a week. And then he did stuff on his own, which is key. Because no, not everybody can afford to see a personal trainer five times a week. And I wouldn't want that. But he did some stuff on his own. By the time May came, the month of May, so we're talking August to, to the month of May, he was down to 222 pounds. Hmm. So he was losing about two pounds a week. He did stuff on his own, tweaked some things in his diet. He still went out, you know, went out and socialized and had his drinks and, you know, still ate, had hamburgers, you know, this and that. Cut out the stuff he knew was really bad for him and had these great results. So that's probably, for an adult, that's probably the best success story I can give you. As far as working with an athlete, I had a kid last summer. He, the dad called me up. Tell me his son plays baseball at Northern Kentucky University, Division One school, plays shortstop. Says my son can move left and right great, but he has a piano on his back when he's running from home to first. <laughs> and he's pretty much not beating out infield hits and everything else. He was running the 60 and 75, which is what they use for baseball. And what I caught when I time a kid, I look at their 10 yards of acceleration. He's a 1.96, which is not very fast. <laughs> well, we worked uh, a full summer. He was coming to me a few times during the week. We got his 10 yards down a 1.63, which was an unbelievable three-tenths of a second off in 10 yards. When he had, they had a pro scout day at uh, Northern Kentucky last year, he ran the 60 and 6.8. So I, I've had kids take off, you know, sometimes a half a second. He did even more than that. So and that was a phenomenal story on his end wow. uh, that uh, this kid was able to develop that much acceleration and speed. Uh, so that's one for the adults and then one, one for the athletes. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I knew that when I, uh, first saw your website and, uh, checked you out a little bit and called you and you shared with me who you are and what you did, I, I knew that you were, uh, an amazing trainer. So that just proves it right there. Um, <laughs> oh, we are at the end and, um, I just want to make sure that people can get a hold of you. So if you could share that information and then if you have any last piece of advice or suggestions to my audience, uh, go for it. Okay, sure. The easiest way to reach me is uh, our website is tryfitnesschicago.com. My email address is ron at tryfitnesschicago.com. Uh, my phone number, and people can call me or text me, is 312-497-0187. And then our Facebook page is Try Fitness and Performance. Uh, so if you go to Facebook and you just put in Try Fitness and Performance, uh, we should show up. I know there's a few Try Fitnesses in there, so we added the performance end to it because we do do performance training. So you can get me that way also. So those uh, are pretty much the uh, easiest and best ways to get in touch with me. Very good. And then the last piece of advice or suggestions you have for our audience, and by the way, uh, all that um, – Information about Ron will be on our show notes, so uh, you can find it there. But go ahead. Any last piece of suggestions or advice? Yeah, if this would probably go to the parents more than anybody else. If you have a kid playing a sport, don't have them specialize 
for girls, they can start specializing at 15, 14 or 15, boys 15 or 16 a year later. Don't have them specializing in sports at 9 or 10 years old. Have them play two to three sports. If they can do it in high school and play two or three sports, continue to do it. If a kid plays baseball and then in the, in the summer or in the spring, I tell this to other kids that I have, play soccer. It'll make you a better baseball player. They look at me like, how's it going to do that? It's going to get you faster. It's going to give you better agility. It's going to increase your endurance. If you're a football player, play basketball or baseball or wrestle. If you're a volleyball player and you're a girl, play soccer. But don't specialize in one sport till you're at least 15 or 16 or 17 years old. And this way you're not going to have overuse injuries and you're going to be better at the sport you really want to concentrate on when you get to that point. Very good, very good. And I'm sure there's there's more reason behind that, but I, I think those are great uh, pieces of advice. Um, Ron, this went fast. I thought um, you shared some awesome information. Our audience is going to love it. I know it. Um, thank you so much for your time again. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. We will see you soon. I, I hope to get out there one day, and um, hopefully any time is good, but uh, hopefully I can meet you in person as well. And uh, thank you again. Thanks. I'm here, Eric. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on Healthy Living with Eric Sue. Head over to ericwsue.com for full recaps of every show and Eric's health and wellness blog. Your healthy living life is waiting for you, so stay active and be safe.